<laughs> You're now listening to the Inside Out Podcast with Jimmy Hunt. Get it. Welcome to Inside Out with Jimmy Hunt. My job is simple, to improve my mental fitness through any means possible and deconstruct what works, what doesn't, and what I think may be able to help you become mentally fitter. Quite often it leads me to some pretty interesting people, places, and stories. Today we've got uh, an interesting person and some stories. It's my wife. Libby Grace, she's here with us because this is another relationship episode. And we've also got a guest appearance from her favorite thing on the planet, Shikari, our cat, our second cat, who is her favorite. Hi, Libby. Hi, Jimmy Hunt. This comes off the back of our episode number 11 and definitely by far and away our most popular relationship episode, which was on the five love languages. And if you don't know the five, first of all, you should go listen to that episode. It's very funny and good. But the five love languages are from Dr. Gary Chapman in his book, The Five Love Languages, and he outlines them and they are these. Number one is words of affirmation which is noticing something positive and saying it out loud to your partner. Two is quality time, spending time together. Three is receiving gifts, a physical or visual representation of your love. Number four is acts of service, doing a chore, making a little sacrifice out of love, not obligation. And number five is physical touch, holding hands, little touches throughout the day, massage, kissing, hunky-punky, everything in between. Did you just say hanky-punky out loud? I did. Wow. We're here here for it. Leave me alone. Now, those five love languages, uh, again, if you haven't listened to the first episode, mainly the one that you want the most is usually the one you give the most, which can cause a breakdown in relationship and basically not understanding what your partner wants or needs the most. The whole love language thing, it's a good book to read, it's a good podcast to listen to, all of that. But in our one, Libby proposed a sixth love language, and that was food. Yep, um, because officially. She tri- yeah, because she tries to love me with food and she wants to be loved with food. And um, that really is uh, an act, act of service for her. And it's also quality time. And it's also words of affirmation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it ticks a whole lot of boxes. Food is, like, food is the number one thing in the world. That should yeah, be, yeah, but that it's, should not be a, it's not the sixth love language. But it is presumed by many, and there are many out there that have taken Dr. Chapman's work and expounded upon it. And the consensus is that the sixth love language is the gift of personal space and solitude. Space. Space is the sixth love language. And this is particularly helpful to introverts, highly sensitive people, empathetic people, and artistic people. 
The sixth love language space it's, is an act of deep love and care where you give or ask your partner for space. And this sense of space or solitude may come in the form of physical or relational distance where a person takes time to contemplate, process, and feel one's own truth. Space important to you, Libby? Very much so. Thanks for that. (laughs) It's been uh, wonderful having you here as a co-host and contributor. Moving on. Contrary to the other five, (laughs) the love language of personal space isn't expressed in an active manner, but rather it's being intentional or supportive and respectful with one another. It gives someone permission to spend time reflecting, contemplating, and doing any other inner process that they need to do. And, you know, like... While it's romantic to have a connection and engagement in a relationship, and we all want that, we should have that, it's also true that couples who are deeply committed in their relationship need space and time apart. However, putting this idea into practice can also bring up a lot of fear and insecurity sometimes. Libby and I were talking about this earlier, about a relationship we know where one part of that relationship demanded a lot of space. The other party didn't really understand that. And like it was their love language to just be able to still have a bit of their own space, their own time, their own life, their own interests. But the other person felt like that they weren't committed to that relationship because they weren't spending 24-7 together and doing everything together. And so there's a bit of a communication breakdown in that regard. And this is the key to the five love languages, is that it is all about being able to communicate your particular love language. I mean, I think you and I, Libby, are better off by having understood our love languages and then being able to communicate them with each other. Even though space was not one that we knew or understood previous to this research, but I think it's something that we definitely did for each other early on. I remember like in the first couple of weeks saying to you something around the likes of, just so you know, I'm going to be going out about five nights a week. (laughs) You can come if you want. You don't have to come if you don't want, but that's what I need. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that conversation actually, and that was great because you you made it clear what your expectation was going into a new relationship and I could take it or leave it. Like if that works for me, great. And if it didn't, that you gave me the choice to, you know, to not continue. But it was – something that you've been um you've been consistent with throughout our relationship you've always needed that time out with other people on your own you recharge you're an extrovert right? you recharge from the company of other people whereas I'm an introvert so I recharge from time alone so it actually worked out brilliantly on those days that I didn't want to go out and you still did yeah. you'd go out and get your 
get your energy, you'd go out, you'd see people, meet people for the first time, have fun, come home. And I would have had a nice night on my own or whatever I was doing. I might've caught up with a girlfriend or, you know, really quietly did something. And so it was actually really healthy for, for us to define those boundaries or define those needs, I guess, more early days and then, and understand that of each other. Yeah, well, I mean, that's interesting that you brought up the introvert and and extrovert thing. Introverts and highly sensitive, empathetic people, they value this love language more than others Mm. due to their absorbing nature. Basically, if someone's on top of them 24-7, then that can be overwhelming. And that time apart gives them that time to reflect and process and, and, you know, be comfortable on their own. Yeah. And I think it took a long time for me to actually be comfortable on my own. By the time I met you, I was happy spending time alone. But before I met you, I mean, you know this about me. I couldn't, when I, especially when I was going through my divorce or sort of the eruption of that marriage, I hated being in my house alone. I hated silence. I couldn't, you know, because I had to be alone with my thoughts. So, you know, I always had the radio going or something. But by the time I met you, I'd I'd become comfortable with silence. I'd become more comfortable with myself. So I really did value that space and time away when you were just so damn energetic as well. You were just like, energize a bunny you wouldn't stop and I was exhausted the first few weeks we dated I was absolutely wrecked trying to keep up with me because yeah I did you're like we're going out to this tonight I'm like there's a school nights and you're taking me out to like I don't know exhibition whatever it was you took me out to some cool stuff trust me I had the most fun I've had in years but I was absolutely wiped out Saturdays I used to spend sleeping just to catch up because we were about to go and do it all over again. So I really valued those times where you went out on your own and I was able to say, you know what, I'm good with you going. I just need some quiet time. And that didn't cause an issue between us. Like it was just understood. Because we're in Mexico, there's actually a, a, a really classic and good example of space being a love language between two of Mexico's most famous children, Frida Kahlo mm-hmm. and Diego Rivera, mm-hmm. two of Mexico's most famous people slash uh, artists, painters. And uh, they were together and they lived in separate houses connected yeah. by a bridge. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. They were basically together but That's apart. Separate. I love that. And that's – that's. I was going to bring that up actually. Like, I don't know if when this stopped being normal, but you think of our grandparents' generation and they quite often had separate bedrooms to sleep in or even, you know, just married couples in the 50s. They, they often – they either slept in a single bed in the same room but but separated down the middle or they had a separate room for sleeping in. Or doing whatever they needed to. And like they actually were really good at giving each other space back then. Yeah, I mean, there's a good example. There's two things here. First, back to the, to the painters, is that the ability to have their own space gave them the ability to create yeah. their own stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, they were, they were very different artists. Mm. Um, and they needed that, that space to be able to go inward and, and work on their stuff. And so that's a really powerful 
gift to be able to give your partner if they happen to be artistic or intellectual in that regard, something like that. But then you're right in regards to the way that our grandparents, you know, lived their lives in that modern living has absolutely kind of changed our relationship norms, um, our stereotypical roles, and has inherently made it, I think, more difficult for us to get a true sense of space. Yeah. And this, this could be especially true for people who you know, live in close quarters, <laughs> people who are <laughs> stuck at home in lockdowns during yeah. pandemics. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's hard to differentiate your time for self-care, romance, work, domestic responsibility. You have this problem a lot in regards to you know, our apartment is reasonably small and being able to differentiate between work and home yeah. and then um, you know, romance and, and home and, and domestic and yeah. all of those sorts of things. It's all meshed together. Like we, yeah. I work from the kitchen table Yeah, you, or the bed sometimes. Like there is really no distinction between my parts of my life, which, yeah, I do struggle with that. I'd love some space. I'd love some actual like concrete space <laughs> to work in. I'd love an office or, or just somewhere to go because it does change your perspective and it changes your the energy that you've got around you and you know what I'm like with if I if I don't have a clean house if it's not tidy I'll spend too much time getting my space ready to work in so I end up cutting into my work time which is counterproductive so yeah I mean there's so many different um differentiators and and what you're talking what we're talking about here of having space there's so many things that come into it but I think one of the things we have done well in our relationship is understand that space is important to each of us. Space is not having space from each other is not a problem. It doesn't mean there's something wrong in the relationship, which I, I know in previous episodes I've talked about being in codependent relationships where if you're not spending every minute together, there's something wrong with you or you're perceived to have a problem. But some of the best times I've had in our relationship are when I'm apart from you for a short period of time, whether it's me I went to Tulum one year on my own. You didn't fancy going. You're not a fan of Tulum. You're not really, you didn't really want to go on vacation with me. Some friends of mine were visiting from LA. And so I went for the weekend without you. And I had a great time. And I had, Tulum's a very spiritual place for me. For some reason, a lot of, um, I get a lot of epiphanies and I get a lot of um, kind of insight into myself when I visit that part of Mexico. So it was a really special time for me to do that on my own and have that. And then right before you came, came home a couple of weeks ago and I spent a couple of days or a few days in the city, in Mexico City with a girlfriend, like that's nice to be able to do and just go and have that physical space doing something that you love with other people. I think that's super important. Yeah, I think there's two things there. One is uh, trust. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> when you don't have trust you feel like you need to be with them all the time to, to <laughs> yeah. kind of be watching them all yeah. the time as well. Yeah. Because, I mean, we all know the stories of boys' weekends and, right. you know, and bullshit like that where they go away, they get drunk, they end up hooking up with some girl. Oh, it didn't mean anything. I was just drunk. It was just a boys' weekend. Mm. And 
you know, that's that's a reality for many people yeah. and not a nice one. And many people have been stung by giving space and having that um, that gift, you know, thrown back in their face. Yeah. And so the sixth love language, I think, is very hard to give if you don't have a serious basis of trust. I think that's in your key. Relationship. That's really important. Just that what you've just said, and it's not you know it goes both ways. It's you know girls and guys, whatever. Um, but having having trust in our relationship has made it easy for me to give you the space and time that you have requested early on. I had absolutely no hesitation with that. But previously in relationships and in my previous marriage, I absolutely was on guard and it was uncomfortable to be away from them because I had doubts in my mind or I make created stories. And so the time spent away was anxious for me. So it wasn't enjoyable. Yeah. But it turns out that you're your anxiety was well-founded as well. I mean, not every single, yes, but not every single time they went away, but no. it was there. There was yeah. absolutely, you know, but it was tension inside me. So I didn't enjoy the time away. And then I would be, yeah. you know, calling. Space or, wasn't good for it. No, absolutely. Regard. No, and I never really gave them the space because I was in there, in there um, on their phone messaging them like, where are you? What are you doing? Like, what's up? Like, you know, send me a photo or whatever. Just being completely ir- like absolutely irrationally um, awkward about it. But. Yeah, having trust with you has completely eroded that. Yeah, I think the other side of that for me is that I do happen to feel I have this belief that we're less in a relationship and more two humans walking next to each other for an unknown period of time. Yeah. And so... Whilst I think we're, you know, we're good in a relationship and I treasure our relationship, I'm me with or without you. Yeah. And I think you're you with or without me. And so in order to be that person, you need time on your own to be that person. Well, to know who that person is, you have to spend time alone. Because if you are 24-7 with somebody, who are you without that person? Yeah. No, it you it get you get mixed together. You become you become enmeshed, so enmeshed that you really can lose sight of yourself. Yeah, you get like couples Facebook accounts. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or an email address that's your two of your names yeah. and, and Jimmy and Olivia, gmail.com. I, look, I had that with my ex husband. I had Shit, a, did you? I had a <laughs> we had a shared email account. I mean that's who the hell emails you at a shared account? Who wants to talk to – just copy both emails in an email to talk to both well, of you at the same time? I don't know, but that's what we did and, and that's how it worked for us. And we had one joint bank account. We didn't have separate anything. We were we were joined at the hip. That And obviously that wasn't good, but in hindsight, that's the only place we could see it. But, yeah, I think that <laughs> – <laughs> we didn't Please have. Please just give me a second to break down and laugh over the shared Gmail account. We I didn't, didn't I have. Didn't know it that. wasn't Gmail. It was Hotmail. No, it was like whatever <laughs> Mac was. No, but we had separate Facebook accounts, so we weren't. We weren't that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I'm a. Yep. Okay. Okay. I moving did, on. I put my hand up. I did that. Whatever. Moving on. Moving on. But that leads on to there's the the other part of. 
um, when you do become so enmeshed in your relationship with that other person and you do spend all your time together, you sometimes give away parts of yourself, whether it's you having your own email account or there might be things that you like to do. Like for, for example, we've talked about how different we are and we have many different interests and there are some relationships I've been in and there's relationships I know about where you forego your wants and your desires and your needs for hobbies or activities or things that really light you up because the other person's not interested in them. And so you don't do them so much anymore because you want to spend your time with them or they make you feel uncomfortable for wanting space away from you. And I think that it is hugely detrimental to a relationship. You've got to make sure that if you've got an interest that sits outside of the relationship, you set aside time for yourself to do that, whether it's structured one hour per week, whatever you go to a certain thing that you like to do or, or however long that takes. That's a, a really vital component for me of a, of a solid, healthy relationship is having outside interests and pursuing them still, even if the other person isn't interested in them, because you do get to develop yourself and know yourself during those moments more. And then you can bring more of yourself back into the relationship when you are together, a happier, more complete version of yourself by fulfilling all of your, um, you know, all of the things that really make you tick and make you who you are. So that's one thing that I know I've lost in previous relationships, Stop, stopping doing things that I really enjoyed. And at the beginning of a relationship, sometimes you only want to spend time with that person. You do want to, you don't see your friends so much. You don't hang out with the same people. You don't do all your hobbies necessarily because you're kind of smitten and all the chemicals are raging. But it's super important to, to carve out that time, I believe, yeah. in a relationship. Well, in a medium to long-term relationship, absolutely you have to be okay having different wants and needs. You're different humans. Yeah. And understand that if you can honestly look and see that you have stopped your partner from doing something that they love, you're a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it has to be okay for them to go and do something that you don't like. Yeah. Because you're not one person. Mm. You're separate beings who enjoy separate things. One of the good benefits of space as the sixth love language can be in conflict. Uh, this is especially true for men, I think. Basically, a moment to breathe, to process things um, before actively engaging in the argument slash resolution of that argument it's basically learning to let the other person process in their own way, which is a, is a gift as well. And this is something that we, uh, we have on and off things about this. I, I have a tendency <laughs> to run away in arguments. Yeah. Like I Liter phys like physically, physically run away. Physically, literally run away. Like, you know, you have fight, flight, freeze. Yeah, you do the and, flight. And, it, well, it's really interesting, especially in my younger years, if I was in an argument, uh, I would fight. Right. Not with a partner, but, you know, in an altercation yeah. in a bar or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you'd get your fists I, up. I would be at the fight. But if it's somebody I love and don't want to hurt, You're then right my response is flight mm. because 
I want to be able, and this is a quote that I've said before and I like it because it's mine and I wrote it, (laughs) which is the distance between your thoughts and your actions is wisdom. And when you're in that sympathetic nervous system, fight, flight, freeze, you can just almost simply bypass the thought and just straight into action and it can be detrimental to relationships as a whole. But if you flee from the (laughs) situation, that buys you the time to, to put more time between your thoughts and your actions. And so therefore you can analyze your thoughts better. You can skip the bad ones. You can come to the good ones. You can have some perspective and some clarity on the situation. You can go back to that with a clearer head and a better resolution to that. Yeah. And it's definitely something that we, it comes up for us a a lot. Um, Well, not a lot as in with frequency, but it's the thing that I think over the course of our relationship, we've not really figured out our way through it. We haven't resolved that kind of um, our initial reaction when we when we come to a head on something, you're you're right. Your initial reaction is to literally run away. It used yeah. to be we had a spare room, so you would go <laughs> go into the spare room and you know put yourself in there, and I'd stay where I was. Or and you know nowadays you will walk away, and I I'm always at the time like that's so childish. Stop running away. Like stand here and let's talk about it. And it it would frustrate me. It does. It frustrates me to no end because I just want to talk through the issue and and get to the root of it and resolve it. And you're like, and you're walking away, your action of walking away to me, it it pushes a button in me because it's like, I'm done. I don't want to be here, get stuffed sort of thing. And so it's a massive struggle internally for me when you do that to, to breathe through it and go, he needs he needs physical space. This is not about him walking away from the the conversation completely. He needs time to clear his head. I should probably take time to clear my head. But I'll be honest with you, when you walk away from me, I'm sitting in my head constructing my argument even better <laughs> so that when you come back I can – But that's you know. fine too. Like, There's no problem with that. Like You construct a better argument that's good, but I need to get my – distance thoughts and uh, you know like because you know when you get into that uh sympathetic nervous system where everything fires up and yeah. you're just like your thoughts get clouded yeah they get they get emotional yeah. they get all of these things i would much rather we both went away for half an hour sat down wrote our debate points down <laughs> and came back and had 5 minutes each way on on, on a debate system can we do that next time can we actually have yeah. a debate like that's a like there's a much better way to do it, it than just to fire out all the shit that's right there Agreed. now some people like you um, not all the time, but sometimes, might be able to make a clear and level-headed argument in the moment. Yeah. And that's fine. Fucking good for you. <laughs> not good for everybody else. Yeah, I understand. And so, you know, the ability to be able to have that space, especially at that time, is even though you don't want to give me a fucking gift at that time. <laughs> it's the nicest thing you like can do. Like, that's the nicest thing you yeah, can do. It, it's a struggle for me. Like, I don't want to give you that because I just want to, because I know we can resolve whatever it is. Because that's, that's stuff that comes up between us is never, 
it's yeah. never like, but we can resolve it in 20 minutes as exactly. well exactly so that's but it, that's what i'm saying is that we've we've never together understood that completely and got to a point where we where i'm super comfortable with you walking away because i still still in my initial response to that is oh don't be a child why are yeah, you walking away then no, that's a lie because we have figured it out <laughs> just now we're having a fucking <laughs> sit down debate we'll find a moderator and we'll go five minutes no, each we way have now. and yeah, we'll yeah. sort it out i'm excited for the future arguments because yeah. i can we yeah i want to have scorecards and everything yeah but no i i think that it's it, you're right it is but that again is understanding and communicating that you need that and it's nothing to do with with me it's about i need to move myself physically away from this to have my response to be able to to calm my nervous system to be able to come at you with love and you do and it's it's a really it's a big change i've noticed over the years with you that you do come back around and you you'll say whatever it is that you've been thinking. And not always is that what you come back and say what I want to hear necessarily, no, but not. it's what you've, you know, what you've got to. Yeah. And so then we continue the discussion and sometimes it might flare up again because it's not resolved and then we come back again. And But that initial space is I know important to you. So that's definitely something that I'm more conscious of, of giving you and being okay with in those moments. Um, but yeah, we, we always end up resolving. We always end up having the discussion that I want and you get the space that you want. So it's, I think that's a, a really key point. I think that is a big thing within relationships because we're, we're different people. Most people have a different way of dealing with conflict. So I think it's a really important thing for, for everyone to look inside themselves and go, do I allow my partner what they need? in those times do I allow them the space that they need to process or do I kind of come at them or, or um, you know attack them more or want it resolved like I've been guilty of doing in the past like, I think it's a really a really good point to bring up and look at look inside yourself for yep the gift of space as the sixth love language and distance they are they're shown in various forms. So, for example, that could be like being supportive of your partner's endeavor. Maybe he or she's got a, a side business off to the side that doesn't include you or a hobby or whatever. Or, you know, allowing your partner to just enjoy moments with friends mm. without you boys' nights out or girls' nights out or whatever. Maybe it's encouraging them to pursue their commitments and, you know, being respectful with their hobbies, whatever it is. But there are, you know, a whole bunch of actions that you can take. One of them is to recognize the signs that may indicate that you need space. And you'll know it when you can truly enjoy most of your preferred activities by yourself. And if they're being, you know, sort of taken away from you or, or restricted, just that self-awareness, always step number one, just being aware that you may need that and then need to articulate that. Or conversely, you look at your partner and some of your actions and you're like, huh, maybe I should give them a little bit of space. You can also, you know, test it out and encourage your partner to take some time 
for self-care. But also, again, say how you need it. And this can benefit your relationship in general and its well-being. You can give like physical space by dedicating a separate area to loosen up from something that makes you feel stressed or upset by having a space where maybe that's for us, Libby, like maybe like a, a, you know, when when you play like tag when you were kids and you had a home yeah, and you were safe at home. Yeah. And so maybe if there's a place that I'm allowed to run to (laughs) that, no, that is a literal physical space. Yeah. That you know I'm not running away yeah. from the entire thing. You're just going to home base. But then I need just to go to home base where it's a place where I can feel safe, yeah. collect my thoughts, and then be able to come back out and play tag again. Baby, our apartment's so small, I don't know where that's going to be for you. Yeah, but it might it might be on the lawn out front. Right. You know, or something like that. Yeah. It could be even, might even be as far away as the beach. Yeah. You know, you're allowed to walk down to the beach yeah. and just go hang there listen to the waves and then collect your thoughts and then come back. Yeah. Like that can be. I think that's a great idea. And then we come back for the live debate. Exactly. Televised. Yeah. We'll just put it on Instagram live. <laughs> you guys will sign up for that, eh? Oh $9.95 a month. Watch <laughs> Jimmy and Libby's arguments over debate format. I don't think we argue once a month though, do we? No, not really. Might not be the worth people the won't money. get their money worth. No. Um, it's a great idea, Are you having a dedicated or even a, a, a word that you use, like a, a not a safe word, that's not the wrong thing to say, but like a, I just, you know, a word that goes, hey, you know what, I, I need some time away. I'm not walking, articulate that. I'm not walking away from this conversation. I'm not walking away from the conflict. I'm not walking away from you. I just need to collect myself. Like be open about that. Yeah. And if your partner doesn't allow you that, then then you've got some stuff you really need to discuss yeah. at a later date. But I think that's important to say, I'm not running away from you. I just need. I'm running away to collect my thoughts. I just need to collect myself. And that's just it because, I mean, I guess there's a lot of relationships where the history would be if there is a argument and the person runs away, what are they running away to do? Yeah. Are they running away to be self-destructive? Yeah. Are they running away to drink or do drugs? Or yeah. Or are they running away to go and have sex with someone else? Yeah. Or, you know, that is a consideration mm. in terms of that, which is why I uh, why I brought up that idea of having a specific physical yeah. space, yeah, uh, and to to know that if they run away and they're not running away to that space, well, then there's going to be something What's else going, going on. on. Yeah, but if they're, you know, I mean, it might be the garage mm. or a workshop mm. or you know where wherever. Um, it can even be it can even be a best friend's house. Yeah. You know, sometimes people need the space and then the perspective of from Somebody someone else, else before yeah. being able to come back. Yeah. And that's fine too. But I mean, like in general, the actions are to be able to give them the ability to go on vacations alone or weekends away with friends or even just a night out with their friends or, you know, if your interests are different, let them go off and do their interests. But really what it's all about is the exchange, right? The whole point of love languages is about give and take. Someone gives you the quiet time you need. 
and then you return the love later in their language. Maybe it's acts of service like Libby or words of affirmation like me, but mainly touch. <laughs> mainly touch for me. Well, I mean, it's not about keeping score, but, you know, you have to be able to pay attention to avoid like a take, take scenario all the time. And then the caveat at the end of all of this is that if your number one love language is space and you just want to be alone all of the time, <laughs> then maybe you're not supposed to be in a relationship and maybe there's something else <laughs> to look at. Uh, yes. Or as Libby said, get yourself a cat or fucking three. <laughs> I've just turned up back to Mexico and we've got an extra cat. But I actually really like the third one the best. Yeah, so, wait, tell the full story. There were still only two cats. You were feeding her in here. No. I was you were allowing her in the house. I was feeding her outside and she would sneak into the house. And when you got home, you said, I like this one. We can adopt her yeah, too. Yeah, the third one's the cutest. Yeah. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is space. That is the sixth love language. Something that's genuinely important to Libby and I, and I think we do it pretty well. So go us. <laughs> and we didn't even know that it was a proper love language until I looked it up the other day. But I hope that helps you. Uh, I hope that helps you understand it better. I hope that you've listened to the episode 11, the five love languages first, because uh, that will give you a lot more context on this big, long ramble that we've just had. And uh, if you like this, Share it with your friends, share it with your partner. Send us a message, tell us what you think. We love hearing your feedback and we will see you again in the very near future with the next relationship episode. Catch up. That was Inside Out with Jimmy Hunt. See you next time.